Jim. Kyle. I have to apologize right off the bat. I am not going to be on my A-game tonight. How come? Uh, come? Well, as you know, I have a number of lifelong sports fandom loyalties with which I live and die. Uh Uh Uh-huh. And tonight, I'm dealing with, A, my lifelong favorite NBA team, the Golden State Warriors, losing their home opener last night. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. To the Houston Rockets, who might be like their new... Hashtag real rival. Why are they the real rival? The I, don't real I don't even know who's on the Rockets. Well, they're like the mini super team, you know, the almost super team of the year. Okay. Because they added okay. Chris Paul to go with uh, James Harden and I think somebody else who I can't remember. Okay. Because I'm okay. only focused on my team, the Golden State Warriors. And to top that off, my lifetime, lifelong favorite Major League Baseball team the Houston Astros uh, have fallen behind 3-2 th- th- to the New York Yankees in the American League Championship. Oh, that's no, good. oh that's no good. Weren't they up yeah. 2-1? They were up 2-1, although they were both they were up 2-0 after two 2-1 wins, including a sparkling complete game p- pitching performance by my actual all-time favorite <laughs> Major League Baseball player, Justin Verlander. <laughs> Who just happens to now be on my all-time favorite Major League Baseball team, the Houston Astros. Right, yeah. And then it's fallen apart after that. They went back to New York. Well, that's no good. Yeah, but then they come to Houston on Friday, right? On Friday, right? Uh, They come to Houston on Friday where you are. Exactly. I'll be gone by then, but... Uh, You should stay. They need you. (laughs) I'll, I'll FedEx you the... Houston Astros jersey that my grandfather handed down to me when I was, <laughs> you know, might but fit. a wee lad. Yeah, it might fit around one of my arms. The game. Like... <laughs> so, an actual, so. an actual lifelong, awful sports fandom news. After we, after we recorded last week's episode, mm-hmm. I went in the other room and turned on the U.S. soccer game, where they had like a ninety-eight percent chance of advancing to the World Cup and. They didn't advance to the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. I remember you yeah, saying yeah, before we recorded the podcast, you're like, yeah, no, well, we should yeah, just no, roll them. It shouldn't even be a thing. And... Right. If it had been, if it had been, you know, within the realm of possibility that they were going to be, you know, if not automatically qualified that night, at least not eliminated that night. Right. Because there's a play-in right. game if you finish fourth. I wouldn't even have recorded the podcast. So it's my fault for being so cocky. Obviously. 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 I mean, but, you know, there are just certain things you count on, like, and I guess it was fair for that to be one of them, and, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we all haven't learned our lesson because sometimes punt blocks get returned for touchdowns. Speaking of which, beer of the week, Jim. Oh, we're cut. Oh, okay. All right, let's get right into it. I like where this is going. Are you drinking as we speak? I'm not. I just got here like 35 minutes ago, so I'm not set up yet. That's commitment. Yeah. I am drinking. The beer of the week is the New Belgium Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA, which I am drinking in honor of the two-year anniversary yesterday of the Rangers play. The Rangers play. The Rangers play. Yeah, I don't think we call it that enough. I think it's not... I don't know. I thought the, I that know. place I still doesn't have a great nickname. No, it doesn't. And, no, you know, they're like, okay, we're going to take, I remember what, you know, afterwards, you know, they all asked Antonio and the presser, what are you going to call the play? And, you know, 
and, and he's like, oh, we're going to have to take it back to the lab and think up a name for it. And I'm like, okay, no. Like, if you don't have that at the ready, like, just don't do it. Because, like, Rangers 410 or whatever they came up with seemed super dorky to me. But, you know. I think we should just go with, you know, that play that we beat Michigan on that was the most heartbreaking possible way for them to lose. Yeah, I can't. I honestly am trying to imagine a way that would be more heartbreaking than that. But I can't. I just can't. And then, All right. Well, once again, we're hashtag obsessed, given that well, we're a week and a half out from beating Michigan, and that's all we can talk about. Well, other than my lifelong sports fandoms right. of other teams right. in different leagues and, and levels of play. I will say, quick travelogue unrelated to the Minnesota trip. Um, Houston is enormous. We know that's why everybody's enormous. I cannot get over how big the city is. It's just there's. It's the fourth biggest city in the country. It doesn't matter. It's not like Chicago, where Chicago it's all like crammed together in downtown. It's spread out all over the damn place. It's just there's just people and stuff. Everywhere. Everywhere. Fascinating. I've never been. Yeah, it I heard yeah, I heard it, uh, last week that the four baseball teams remaining represent the four largest c- cities in the US, which is how I came to learn that Houston is now the fourth largest city in the US. <laughs> well, uh, that's well, a good bit of trivia. I did, I did not know that. But I don't know. The more you know. I'd be I'd yeah, I'd be honest. I'd, I'd be honestly honest. I'd struggle I'd to name four to name baseball teams. So baseball there's that. Teams, so there's that. Anyway. Anyway. Anyways, we digress. A little. Um, let's little. just let's just get to the part that everybody's tuned in for. Okay. It's the okay. it's the is it the third annual? Is this only the third year we've been doing this podcast? Yes, this is only yes, the third year. I know it feels like it feels like decades, but each episode takes feels like it takes about a year on its own. <laughs> it's the third annual Spartan Upper Deck Jim's. Uh, Road trip travelogue. Yeah. Big Ten road trip yeah. travelogue. Yep. And in the this year you went to beautiful Minneapolis. Yep. And in, in yep. the and unlikely in event the that unlikely no event one has heard this no before, basically my dad before. and I basically travel to one Big Ten game each year somewhere outside of the state of Michigan. So we can get a little father-son time. And so that's basically, and so we went to Nebraska in 2015. We went to Illinois in 2016, Um, and before, this was the first year wherein we were doing the podcast, and we went on the travel log, and we won, so that was a nice change. I was and st- you flew there. And we flew, which was also nice because after also, driving to Omaha. Lower deck style. Yeah, after driving yeah, to yeah, Omaha driving or Lincoln, Lincoln, I'm pretty sure we were both done sure with we being in the car for 13 hours. So um, so we went to Minneapolis. So we Minneapolis, to Minneapolis is a great place to hang out, I found out. I was, you know, everyone I talked to about it said, you know, oh, it's a really cool place. You're really going to have a good time. And I was like, oh, oh, sure, whatever. No, it was an amazing, it was a lot of fun. It was like, it was like, um, if Grand Rapids were bigger and that's, that's a good analogy and more diverse if we're being a little honest, um, 
but not um, but not that diverse. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, um, so, so anyway, uh, so, so we went uh, and uh, we got into town uh, Friday night. Woke, Friday up morning, woke up Saturday morning, checked the Googles morning, to find out what was around to do, and we found this thing called Escape the Room. And it was like two doors down from our hotel. And basically what you do is you go, you give them your money and they lock you in a room and you have to do puzzles to figure out how to get out. Not like board game puzzles, but like the room itself is a puzzle there. And there's, and so you get, there's all kinds of clues and there's fake doors and there's Indiana Jones shit. It is so great. And so it's I kind of like listening to this podcast, except there aren't any puzzles you can use to get out of it. Right, 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 right. The only thing you have is the the push button at the end, like the push, like you're just like I'm done with this, and you're that's giving up. Like you shouldn't do that. But um, right. But uh, yeah, man up. Now they give you little hints if you get stuck on stuff. Um, and that that ended up happening to us. We ended up figuring out, like, we ended up stumbling onto Puzzle Four first somehow, and and because of that, it like screwed everything up. And so they had to give us a bunch of hints. That, but like, we ended up not finishing, which was one of the like I I figured this was one of those things where they like everybody is a winner, right? Like, nope, no, no, I was not a winner. Like, and. Uh, she goes, no, like only about 25% of people finish the thing. So, um, oh, you are in the bottom 75 percentile. Right, right, right. I feel pretty good about the escape room entrance. Well, I'm a Michigan man after all. So anyway, the, uh, um, so anyhow, the, uh, so it was great. I cannot recommend it enough. They have one in Detroit. Um, I'm sure there are ones other places too, but um, it just like it was an hour, it was fun, you know, got done, and you're like, oh man, and then uh, so after that we kind of had a couple of beers, got ready for the game, went out to the game, game gets lightning delayed before it even starts. On the plus side, Minnesota sells beer in their stadium, so. While it's not the healthiest thing for your body, that's a nice way to pass the time when you're freezing in a concourse. So, um, what beer did you drink? So the beer selection, I have to say, it was a little thin. Um, your choices were Miller Lite, something else, and this beer called Nordeast. And uh, that would be my beer of the week because I drank two or three of them. Um, so... Nordeast is a wheat beer, um, and but it's but it's like the it's not even thick like Oberon, like it's 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 like it's like a real thin filtered wheat beer. So like it's beer, but when it's thirty eight degrees, and you just want like a double dark stout or something like that, and you're like, all right, well, it's better than a poke in the eye, but because it's beer. Which is not bad, but anyway, so not the thickest, not not the greatest beer selection in that particular spot. But uh, but they had beer in the stadium, which is better than not having beer in a stadium, right? Fact check, true. Okay, so um, I think they also sell beer at Ohio State. Let's get with the program here. Let's be. Let's be leaders and legends. I don't know. Can can you imagine upper deck guy if you could drink during the game? Though? I think he'd mellow right out. Actually, 
right. Or he'd get kicked right. out, which would be a positive. Right. Maybe that's what right. happened to him this right. season. He's just gone. Maybe he got kicked gone. out. Or maybe it's that or I don't have season tickets anymore, and I was secretly upper deck jerk My wife did see someone at a game earlier this year just flat out, like, brought in a can of beer and was just drinking it, <laughs> and the cop kicked him out. Like, didn't realize that this was, this was you, you, you know, you have to do this on the sly if you're going to do it. Right, yeah. Right. Maybe that was upper deck jerk guy. Could be. Um, yeah, the, uh, I don't know why I'm reminded of this story. Um, three or four years ago, um, I got super blitzed before a game but not as blitzed as the guy who came who are like army crawled up the stairs and then he puked and then the cops got him like two and a half minutes later and they threw him out and so he army crawled up the stairs like a dipshit and then puked all over himself too of course like and the cops are like hey like good job now you have to leave so anyway um, well, that seems um, unfair. They didn't have any proof he was drinking tr- in the stadium. <laughs> you can't go based, based on circumstantial evidence. Right. <laughs> All right. Other other uh, interesting travel log moments yes. before we dive into the oh, yes. game itself. Yes. No, I apologize. I'm I'm still, like, not even half through yet. So the uh, oh, You have not yet begun to travel log. I have not completed the travel log. I just got distracted. So, um... So the uh, so we go to the game. Game finally gets going. It's raining still. It's pretty gross. So we stay till I think it was MSU went up thirty to thirteen. And I said, I'm freezing. I don't know how long it's going to take to get back to the hotel. Let's roll. And then of course Minnesota has the gall and audacity to go and make a game of it. And they scored two touchdowns, right? And we can talk maybe a little bit more about this in the breakdown. But uh, and then they they it came down to an onside kick, right? Or did you? That is correct. Okay. I was, oh, you're asking me because you, you 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 abandoned your team. I did. I abandoned my post. Yes, that's right. Those, those things are correct. Yes. Yes. All right. So, um, so anyway, we go home. Uh, we you know we're talking with Cam Driver on the way home and whatever. Um, the next morning we get up. We go to have breakfast, and um, we go to we go downstairs to the the breakfast place inside the hotel. And I walk up. They have an omelet bar, which is of course you know lower decker and ridiculous. Um, and I walk up to the omelet bar, and I put all my crap in the cup. And like the omelet bar is say let's say three to four feet wide. Um, and so I'm kind of standing at one end of it. And even though I'm standing at one end of it, this other dude walks up to my left and he's kind of elbowing me out. But I'm like, and I kind of look over at him and I'm looking up like, and like for those of you who have not met me in real life, you know, I go six, three, six, four, somewhere in there. And like, I'm not a tiny dude. I go, I go like light defensive lineman size and this dude is both much taller than me and wide, like twice as wide as I am and strong. And I look at him. I'm like, he's like, he's got like no fat on him. I'm like, what the hell is this guy's deal? And I look up at him and you know what, Kyle, I'm so glad 
that whoever the hell it was started MSU Game of Thrones Twitter because that was the thing that got me to watch the damn show. So then when I look up to the left and realize I'm standing next to the mountain, who's like the the seven foot tall, 400 pound guy on the show. I'm like, oh, that's the fucking mountain. That's handy. And so I say, hey, you're the mountain. He goes, yep, I'm the mountain. And of course, I had, didn't have my phone with me, so I can't take pictures to prove that any of this is true. Uh, a likely story. But he was the uh, he was the 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 guest DJ for the Vikings game that day. So, um, so after that, you know, we um, talk a little bit while he's you know doing omelets, but mostly it's like people coming up and just hey can i take a picture can i take a picture but he's kind of saying hello to everybody and all that and so go sit down head out to the vikings game the vikings game is i mean aaron Rodgers gets killed in the first second drive or whatever it is and so the vikings just kind of slow choke the packers in the same way that msu was slow choking minnesota all night um and then uh we had home both stadiums u.s bank and tcf are beautiful just amazing i don't i i don't have words i'm trying to describe them i'm not doing a very good job um tcf bank i mean they they really took a lot of time i mean it's well put together it's well laid out there's like it it has some character it feels like the right stadium for pj flack um like if PJ like if PJ Fleck, oh, the right stadium for PJ Fleck is the one that had like a lake in it that he would have actually needed a boat to to row in. Travel across. <laughs> I do have to admit it's really weird watching them do the row the boat thing like somewhere else now that that just went with him. That, but uh, that is kind of weird, doesn't it? Make it feel like he thinks it's all about him. Yeah, it, rather than, it kind of does. How hard is it to create some new catchy phrase? You know to. to to use there instead of the one he brought with i don't him. know and that was kind of the you know everybody's rowing the boat i'm like yeah like we went into the western game a couple of years ago and we we saw this too so i don't know what this the is golden gophers it should be dig the tunnel right <laughs> or the caddyshack thing like like blow up the thing but um but anyway, the uh, and so, but it's a beautiful stadium, and I mean, I, 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 you know, I ding it a little bit for the fact that hardly anyone was there, but the weather was shit, so it was half MSU fans to start out with, um, maybe more even, and then, uh, and then as far as uh, U.S. Bank goes, I mean, it is just, it's amazing what you know a billion dollars worth of taxpayer subsidies will pay for, um, because. I mean, it's just an amazing state. I mean, it looks beautiful. Uh, um, it's it it's intended to be like a domed stadium, but it's not domed. It's it's like clear, but it's not glass. Um, the Vikings, I, I gotta say, their hype train is better than the Lions' hype train, and it's not even close. Um, and so, anyway, both great places to watch football games. Fun town to hang out in. If you ever have the chance to do the double header and you can stomach a Vikings game, I absolutely recommend it. And then uh, go get lost playing puzzles in that in that in that place. All right, we're just glad they let you out at the end. Yeah. 
So anyway. So the game itself. Yes. Uh, there you, were a lot of fumbles. Hey, did you know? One of my, I think I would love to go back and play the tape on last week's podcast, um, but not enough to actually do it. So the. Yeah, um, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> do you know that our hot take though was that it's gonna suck because MSU can't run the ball and Minnesota can't throw the ball. Do you remember talking about was that? That, our hot take? that was our hot take. Uh, well, that was that was wrong. Uh, like, couldn't have been more wrong. Uh, correct. Yep. So. Uh, Although it was maybe close to right on the second half, but we'll get to that. MSU did run the ball after they got past the the uh, botched snapped botched snap off portion of the game. Uh huh. Uh, L.J. Scott. Had 12. 25 rushes, 194 yards, one fumble. All right. I can live with that. I can live with that. Uh, I guess we can live with that. We can live with that. The one fumble is still a problem. The one fumble saw. Although it didn't. Like, I mean, the, the weather was awful. The weather. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It was right. just terrible. It was just terrible. Right. If not for his previous fumble problems this year, we'd write the fumble off completely. Yep. It'd just but, be. Oh yeah, it was a bad oh, night, yeah. and if so, he fumbled. Right, but he was he was in peak form, you know, running smart, running patiently, running explosively, mm-hmm. finding the open field. Uh, obviously, the offensive line had something to do with that, and uh, Minnesota's you know lack of a defensive line probably had something to do with it too. True. But. I'm looking but, at their I'm looking at their stats right now. Minnesota only had one defensive lineman even register a tackle. Wow. wow. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. <laughs> that is pretty bad. All right. Well, All right. so they didn't really have the best game. They didn't really have the best game. Uh, right, but certainly a positive role. I mean, this game played out a lot like the last two games in terms of MSU grabbing a, you know, a two-score lead in the first half and then kind of hanging on for dear life um at least at the very end in this game you know this the uh, certainly a positive in terms of the way they ran the ball and turned a two-score lead into a three-score lead um that's still almost evaporated uh-huh. uh so headed in the right direction whether or not they can run the ball against a quality defense is still very much an open question but you know you can't ask for more than more than what they got this week. You know, honestly, it's it's weird to me, you know, having, I mean, the nice thing about having Tonio around for a while is, like, you know, back in the, like, the 2008 Hoyer year and the, oh, I forget there was another year. Like, you got to see how how bad a 9-3 and team could be. It is, if that makes any sense, like, like in the 2000, I, I, I specifically remember saying in, you know, with the 2008 team, like we are the worst nine and three team in the country. And that's not a slam. It just means that, you know, it just means they've managed to minimize all of their foibles into such a package that they can be a terrible nine and three team, you know, and, you know. 
Um, and I guess that's kind of, and I, I, I think that that sort of maximization of potential is happening this year. Maybe MSU just can't run the ball this year and they got lucky this weekend, but they've found, you know, this coaching staff has found a way to compensate, which is awesome. So fun to watch. Not much in the passing game, obviously. Um, you know, it's interesting. My conditions. My my wife lived in Arizona for two or three years, and so uh, you know when when we've gotten into these rainy games, like I leaned over to her at one point and I go, "He's an Arizona boy." She's like, "I don't know that he's ever seen rain before," and uh, um, you know, I don't think that that's what it's all about. I think you know, I think the the weird little work he always has or just that he's young and learning so right yep had the bad interception made a few other nice throws so it's uh-huh. really par for the course so um, i saw a tweet on your twitter that uh that the game would have been very different if it weren't for that holding call but i had left by that yes that was my hot take which i immediately regretted tweeting oh. as soon as i tweeted well it. that should be like the the feeling every time you tweet like or me or anyone else for that matter right i just tweeted i shouldn't have done that um but tell me a it seemed bit like more a holding call that was that. probably technically a holding call but that the officials are going to miss more times than they they see it, but I don't pretend to be your, you know, you, you, you make the call expert here. All right. Um, anything else interesting happened in the fourth quarter? Uh, the other interesting play on um, the, the offense, uh, not in the fourth quarter, was the screenplay. Um that went for a touchdown. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, the interesting part about it was that the commentator, I think was I think Glenn Mason was the color guy, but I never actually bothered to, to confirm uh-huh. that. Uh, he, he, he called the, the screenplay to the running back a staple of the MSU offense. Oh, my God. <laughs> which, which Chris Vanini pointed out, well, technically – it's in the playbook, and we try to run it a lot. So I guess that makes it a staple, even though <laughs> it's never worked up until the screenplay. Uh, well, we've run three successful screenplays this year, I think. Yeah. What was the third one? Because we had the one against Michigan, uh-huh. uh, and we had one in garbage time against Notre Dame. Aha. Uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well. All right. So let's talk on. about let's talk about the defense, which 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 leads us to that fourth quarter discussion. Uh huh. Um, you know, for most of the game, defense was lights out, uh-huh. held held Minnesota to field goals uh, after those two early turnovers. Uh-huh. Um, you know, really the same thing we've seen most of the year, again, against not the most powerful opposition, um, but as good as you could ask, until we got to the fourth quarter, uh, at which point, um, you know, Minnesota had inserted its uh, backup quarterback earlier in the game, but then he really caught fire in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, they didn't I'm announce the, the, the quarterback change in the stadium, which is weird because at MSU they always do. Right. Um, so the backup quarterback, uh, Mr. First name is 
is D-E-M-R-Y, Demry Cross. Okay. Uh, okay. Went 11 for 20, 163 yards, one interception. 11 for 20, uh, 100. And okay. And a couple touchdowns, okay. too. Uh, my take, you know, it's always hard to tell with, uh, with the DBs watching on TV uh-huh. and also not being – you know, an actual football expert. You know, MSU was not in a prevent in the fourth quarter. They were mixing up the blitzes. You know, they were doing the thing with the standing linemen, dancing around. They were getting pretty good pressure on him. Uh-huh. You know, he's a mobile quarterback, um, so he was making some plays with his legs, uh, but also making some plays with his arms. Uh, I think the defensive backs showed their youth a little bit there, probably, you know, partly due to the pressure of, you know, a hurry-up offense, passing play every every down. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's a reason for a little alarm. I don't think it's, you know, at some point this defense was going to show some weakness against the pass, given the relative youth um, on the outside in the defensive backfield. At the same time, it didn't ever really feel t- t- to me like we were in danger of losing the game. Okay, yeah, it was, you know, obviously, I mean, you know, I think when we left, it was 30 to 13 with like 10 minutes to go or something like that. And, and, you know, so it's, it's always concerning to just watch the score kind of rise as you're, you know, not at your TV. And then of course, watch, you know, Twitter implode at, you know, the horror of a five and one team that everybody was hoping might go seven and five. Um, but the, you know, I think, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that I'd get real. I, that doesn't seem to me like a worry spot. Like, I mean, I think I think at this point, you know, MSU is established. They're in a solid position to do pretty well the rest of the season just by kind of being themselves. And so, um, so I don't know. I, you know, the one thing that was kind of odd to me about that, though, is I do think a good number of the plays were given up or of the passes were given up by Josiah Scott, um, which is a little odd because like he'd been, he had been crushing it in a PFF ratings. Um, and that does, you know, obviously it's fan ratings. So like, who knows, but, uh, but I mean, you know, by all accounts, he was, he's been playing lights out for a freshman and, uh, so it was a little odd to see him kind of be on the end of some of those things, but you know, again, could just be tired legs and a rainy, crappy night. So who knows? Um, right. Overall, a pretty workmanlike uh, performance by the defense. Uh, I'm just noticing now they only had one tackle for loss, so it was a lot of stuff in the run for for a yard or two on first down, and then um, you know, not giving up the third and long conversion right yeah up until right, those yeah. those last couple of well, drives again other uh, interesting factoid the dowell brothers were the co-leaders and tackles for this nice game, uh nice. both with with uh six tackles you know one of the things was i was a little um i one of the things we were where we were sitting we were actually able to hear uh d'antonio kind of talking to the guys at one point um 
Like he came over oh, to the defense. This is, this is our first lower deck insider nugget. Yeah, ever. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Last I'm year I dropped a little bit of case. like watching them work on Malik McDowell. Well, uh, anyway, but yeah, whatever. These are actual words out of the coaches. Right. So he was he was getting after the guys though about not squaring up when they tackle that they were. Uh, he was like, you know, all, all these guys. I mean, they're moving. You know, he was getting his hands out and he's like, okay. They're moving this far. They're getting an extra two feet because you guys aren't squaring up while you guys tackle. Like, take those two feet away. If you can stop them and get, you know, three inches, you know, that's much better. And so, I mean, he was, you know, nothing terrifically insightful where he's like, run the play where you just stop them dead in their tracks every time. But, uh, but so we could be the coach of the team there. Well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't have the face he had while he was saying it. This gets back to um, uh, obvious upper deck yellow guy, uh-huh. who I think we talked about last year, and who is still on the stadium this year, who on who on offense just yells, go, 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 uh-huh. and on defense just yells, get him, get him, oh my get, God. Him get him. That sounds... So he could be the head coach. Maybe. You know, to, uh, you know in, as long as you hire a good coordinator. In fairness, the people sitting behind us, the the, the like the one guy kept doing this very understated cheer for MSU. He would go, go MSU, do the stuff. You're doing the stuff. Good job. Like, And it was, it was just so weird because like, the team could hear him. Like, it was just right, bizarre. Yeah, like, this is your chance. And then, um, you know, adventures and heckling. An MSU fan, or an MSU fan, a Minnesota fan, was heckling um, Scanlon, the kickoff guy. Like, of all the people to heckle. He kind of deserves to be heckled a little bit. What? Not that any college player needs deserves to be heckled, but you got to get the ball into the end zone. Which he's been doing better the last couple of weeks. I, I guess, but, like, it was just the strange, like, of everyone you could heckle, they heckled Scanlon. And Lewerke was right up in their faces. It was, yeah, that was pretty cool. Like, Lewerke hears these guys talk. Yeah, yeah, all right, anyway, sorry. Sideline interaction. Unlike, unlike non-Captain Connor Cook, who probably wouldn't would have joined in with the heck right he'd have been like yeah that's right that is scanlon what's that guy's problem so all right so before we jump to the big preview of the big breast platoon game, yes let's just i was just looking at the depth chart today i mean even if you know we've we've kind of peaked and gotten some breaks the last few weeks and we only end up winning you know let's say two more games Mm -hmm. you know we out of the out of Indiana and Rutgers and Maryland and Northwestern, we drop a couple of those. Mm-hmm. Still at seven and five. In fact, I'm going to say we're going to win three of those four, almost for sure. So we get upset in one of those games. You know, we lose badly to Penn State and Ohio State. That's an eight-win season. Yeah. Coming off a three-win season. Yep. Depth chart. Basically, next year we we return ten out of eleven starters on offense. Everybody but Brian Allen. We do lose Gerald Holmes. Maybe LJ Scott if he, you know, if he uh, picks things back up now. No, he's not going anywhere. All right. And regardless, Madre London's back. So we're going to call that 10 of 11 starters on offense. Mm -hmm. 
and nine out of 11 starters on, on defense. Everybody but Demetrius Cooper and Chris Fry. Mm-hmm. Um, so it think feels like we've, worst case scenario here, we've still basically, I feel like, jumped ahead a year in the rebuilding process from what I think would have been a reasonable expectation of you win six games this year and then hope to get hope to get to eight or nine games next year. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see. But I know Karin said they interviewed Al Martin. And Al Martin said he had talked to D'Antonio. And D'Antonio said, I expect to finish this season 10-2. and two. So that's where the coach is at. So he's given up on a game already. Real nice. <laughs> so, anyhow. All right. Well, next anyhow. next up is Indiana. Indiana. Uh, the brass p- spittoon is at stake. Uh, it's homecoming. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So uh, I know I remember Indiana's defense was better than everyone thought it would be coming into the season because it's usually the deal that Indiana's defense is hot trash while their offense is pretty good. Um, But neither of those things are true this year, right? Right, which is sort of, I guess, the best case scenario based on what they did last year, which was fire the head coach, I think largely because of off-the-field issues, but then make the defensive coordinator on a team that's been very bad defensively the head coach mm-hmm. in his place. So clearly that's that's worked out. <laughs> exactly how you expected exactly it would have. <laughs> right. So the uh, Indiana Hoosiers enter this game with a record of three and three. They're kind of hard to read in terms of their results. They've got some extreme results. Uh, lost badly to Ohio State and Penn State, which are obviously understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, blowout wins over Georgia Southern and Ch- Charleston Southern. So any school that ends in the words Southern, you would expect a Big Ten team to blow out. Right. Um, right. Lost 34-17 on the road at Virginia, which appears to be a decent team. Uh, and then you got the Michigan result from last week, which was kind of a bizarre game. Well, the, wait a second. You just you just said they're two, like you just said four losses. Are they two and four? Or no, they're three and three. They beat oh they beat Virginia. Yeah, they beat Virginia. Yeah. That sounds right. right. So you got two data points. Two data points, which tell you it's probably a pretty good, you know, a decent team. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, I, I yeah. solid road win, and then you know played uh, played uh, at least a top twenty-five team to basically a draw at home. Right. Yeah. I you know I watched that game. I'm with you. I watched the fourth quarter of that game, and it was really fluky. Like, you know, no one scored on Michigan in the fourth quarter all year this year, and Indiana manages to do it twice in three and a half minutes. Um, and they were a, uh, I think his name is Simmy Cobb. He was, you know, he was six inches away from housing an onside kick. Like, um, you know, he, I, you know, it's, it, it's the kind of team, I don't know. And, and kind of what you're describing too, I think, uh, you know, I, I definitely see it being closer longer than anyone would be really excited about if you told them about before the game, you know? 
Right. Like, I could right. easily... I mean, it shapes up to be yet another ugly game. Uh, Mr. Connolly has him at number 90 on offense and number 22 on defense. Woof. Yep, and then what does he have us in those categories, just out of curiosity? Do you have that handy? Uh, well, I can only look at one web page at a time. All right, well, Jim. all right, well, I guess. Uh, he has us at number 78 on defense and number 9, or I'm sorry, number 78 on offense, number 9 on defense. So they're a poor man's version of us. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that, I mean, that kind of fits with... The, I know he can't transitive property everything to death, but that kind of fits with, you know, kind of how this season has gone for us, too, I think. I mean, I think, you know, minus some focus issues, like MSU really is kind of a 30 to 17 team against Minnesota. And I think that they were just the squeaker better than Michigan. I mean, I think, you know, and so like if, you know, if Michigan's, just the squeaker better than Minnesota, then, you know, MSU. I, I don't, I, I know you can't do the transitive property for everything, but for this season, I feel like it works for some reason, at least for MSU. Right. Right. Uh, quarterback Peyton Ramsey. Uh, he's a freshman. He's a scrambler. I forget they pulled him for a little bit last week. I forget whether that was due to injury. He's hurt. Yeah. He's, he's, okay. yeah, he's, he's hurting. The backup is senior Richard Legau. 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 Um, so Legau, Legau played against us last year. I mean, you know, he's definitely, I mean, they, they've got the tools to make life hard, you know, especially if it turns out that, we, you know, MSU just hasn't played the right quarterback to kind of, to kind of expose their, you know, their, their flaws against good number one receivers because um Cobb was a he was a he was a Matt Trannon type like a, you know a 6'4 220 230 you know 6'5 64 220 that's exactly right um, ding 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 that's the first time you've ever gotten anything correct on this podcast so like he uh so we have a fruit basket on the way <laughs> so you put him up against the Josiah Scott who's you know he's you know, good size for a corner, but like he's a freshman, and you know, it's it, it would be natural for a true freshman to be getting a little worn down at this point. So, you know, it, 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 the recipe is there if Indiana can capitalize, but I just I don't, you know, I I don't think the odds are in their favor at all. So, right, their receivers are pretty tall across the board. Their top five. Uh guys to date including the tight end are six four six foot six five six four six two four of those five are are upper class mm-hmm. so, um, can they, they run i think that that would be the difference maker in that situation yeah their rushing stats are fairly mediocre um their number one backs at 5.1 yards per carry although their backups at 6.1 yards per carry and then ramsey is scrambled for um four yards of carry. So I don't think he's not a, you know, he's more of a scrambler. He's not a big play runner, but okay. that's, that still adds an element, obviously. Yeah, but, I mean, if I recall, his injury was running related. So, I mean, you know, he may be able to run, but I, I'd be surprised if they want to do it. But he can't lot. hide. Exactly. <laughs> so. All right. On defense, uh, the team is led by senior linebacker 
to Gray Scales, who tips the scales at six foot, two hundred and thirty pounds, uh, leads the team with forty and a half tackles, including six and a half tackles for loss. Wow! And five run stuffs. That's a new stat that uh, that Conway has this year. So five run stuffs. Okay, that's not bad. Right. That's not bad. Senior linebacker Chris C- C- Chris Covington leads the team with ten run stuffs. So their linebackers appear to be solid. Heavily involved in the run defense, uh, which means play action. Yeah. You see how quickly we can create a game plan? I mean, we don't need hours of film study. Yeah, I'm a little worried for, uh, um, yeah, that if it's that easy, like, maybe we should be coaching, right? Right. right. I think that's the big takeaway. I think so, too. (laughs) All right. Uh, I'm looking at the kicking game. The place kicker looks solid. Seven for eight on field goals uh, for the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the punters at 41 yards per punt, with a 61.4% uh, fair catch to inside the 20 ratio. Yeah, I think. Which I think is good. I think I think you're as you're describing this. Your analogy of poor man's MSU holds a lot of water. Like it just sounds like, you know, they're, they're just not quite as talented, but they're close. X Factor on special teams, uh, punt returner Jay Sean Harris the second right. has returned two touchdowns uh, off punt returns, averaging twenty three point three yards per per return. He was scary. Um, you're probably going to want to make sure Hartbarger has his A game and that Scanlon can get it into the end zone. Like right. If not, then the heckling commences. We'll put we'll put upper deck jerk guy on that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so All right. Uh, I'll be in the stands this week. Uh, I think you'll be attending to your studies. Um more likely it'll be that I'm getting home super late on Friday night and I'm just gonna take a nap and watch the game. Hashtag excuses. I know, I know, I know. I'm I'm barely committed to this even. <laughs> All right. Well, after that, uh, it'll be down to Chicago for Northwestern. Yep. Uh, and then yep. the schedule really starts. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, yep. you know, but, you, you know, if you can split Penn State and Ohio State and win the rest, you might be right there in that conversation. So, the, so, the best possible description of how well this football season has gone is that Midnight Madness is Friday, and I've only read like three articles about what is the most talented basketball roster in MSU basketball history. Wow, that's a tall wow, claim, young man. Claim, young man. Like, uh, like, that's not even a tall claim. That's just objective fact. Is it really? Is it really? Yeah. Wow. wow. All right. I'll take your word the for it. The 2001 team might be close in terms of pure athleticism, but when you look at kind of combined athletic talent plus basketball skills, I don't think you could beat this team. Wow. On paper, of course, wow. you right. play the game. Right. 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 All right, man. Well, I'm hyped. Right, well, hyped. Sounds a good season All to right. be a basketball uh, fan. Enjoy Houston. Thank we'll you. see you on the other Thank side. You. All right, cool. Take it easy. All right, cool. Take it easy. Go green. Go white.